Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Another week, another dominating performance from Michigan's football team. The second-ranked Wolverines thumped Minnesota 52-10 Saturday night and looked every bit like a top team in the country. We discuss on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. Aaron, happy Sunday night to you. I mean, Michigan sports season is officially in full swing right now. You were in Minneapolis for Saturday night's football game, got back today. Don't know if you waved to Andrew on your way back, but he was flying out to Minneapolis tonight for the Big Ten basketball media days. And meanwhile, I just got back from Michigan's hockey game to wrap up its season opening series. So, yeah, a lot to, to get to and a lot of coverage coming from your Wolverine Confidential crew on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Yeah, it's that time of the year where not just one or two sports are going, everything's going. And then, you know, basketball season is going to start in a few weeks too. So actual games. So we got a lot, a lot more to talk about than just football, but uh, we got to talk football at this point, right? They're playing really well. They continue to dominate. Uh, it was another, you know, complete performance, I thought, Saturday night at uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, I know. And yeah, t- t- let's talk about your trip there. I mean, in the atmosphere first. I mean, road night games always have the potential to be an exciting atmosphere. But did you get that sense at Minnesota this week? Or did Will Johnson's pick six and the second play of the game kind of just suck the air out of the place? No, that, that's exactly it. The, the students definitely showed up. You know, they were loud. Uh, they were throwing some expletives around before the game even began. Uh, they were ready to go. But as you said, I think Will Johnson's pick six there in the second play of the game, I think, shut everyone up. You know, Michigan got that big lead early, took the crowd out of it, all 57,000 or so that were on hand to Huntington Bank Stadium. Um, and it was quickly deflated really quick. It was very similar to Nebraska the week prior, where like they had a big crowd. I think it was technically a sellout. Um, but either just, you know, for the, at least the home team, there wasn't a ton to cheer for. I mean, really, in Big Ten play, just some, like, game-changing plays right off the bat. I mean, if you go against Rutgers, I mean, Rutgers had that long play on, I think, their first drive, too, that went for a touchdown. So it's just there's been action right from the start, but really we haven't seen much action at all in the fourth quarter of these games because because Michigan's up so big in, in every game they've played so far. I mean, what would you say the, the most impressive thing from this victory was on, on Saturday night? probably the pick sixes just because, you know, you'll see that occasionally, but you don't see two in one game. I, you know, I, in fact, I'd asked Michigan's uh, sports information staff about that. And 2017 was the last time they had two pick sixes in a game. So it, it, you know, you, you see that at times, but you you rarely have ever seen multiple, multiple of them. So it was, I think that I was probably the most impressive thing to me. Just, you know, it's one thing to intercept the pass, but then a return to the house and not get tackled is, is another one. So Michigan's defense is playing lights out right now. Now I know, you know, and I feel like we've I, I, we, we've become a broken record with this narrative. But the obviously the competition hasn't been great. You know, uh, Minnesota isn't that good. Uh, but the fact that they've been able to put it together now, back to back weeks on the road with impressive performances like this, where they never left a doubt. I mean, it was it was you know from beginning to end, it was it was basically over. Uh, you know, I think Michigan's finally starting to flex their muscles a little bit. And they're showing folks maybe why they do deserve the number two ranking. Yeah, I think yeah, with three pick sixes this year, I think they have more touchdown, t- defensive touchdowns than they've given up passing touchdowns this season, which is just 
unheard of six games into the year. I mean, it's been that type of domination from from the Wolverines. And I mean, another part of that defense was Mason Graham. I mean, I, I obviously he was he missed the past two games because of, of injury, and and obviously you saw him with a club on his on his left hand, and you're like, all right, maybe they'll work him his work him in a little bit, give him a few snaps and uh, and not overload him in his first game back. And all of a sudden he's he's out there and starting and absolutely domi- dominating and just a complete wrecking ball up out there. Led the team with six tackles. I mean, uh, had a sack. He, I mean, that swim move in the uh, first quarter and then and tackling the running back for a four-yard loss. I mean, it's just like, oh, my gosh, this guy is a beast out there. And um, just, uh, yeah, a welcome back moment for him. And, and you kind of just realize how much – I mean, they didn't miss a beat with him out, but you just realize how special of a player he is. That's just it, right? And after the game, the players were like, I think J.J. McCarthy was asked about Mason Graham, and he was real hesitant about, like, gassing him up, as he put it, because I think they do realize how good he is. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's talked him up now, uh, you know, for the better part of the last six to nine months. Uh, And, yeah, he did most of it Saturday night basically with one arm uh, or one hand. Uh, You know, we had heard – know that it was a hand injury we assumed it was broken just by the fact that you know he, he wasn't playing and, and it turns out you know and he told us last night that he had surgery a couple of weeks ago right basically right away to, to, to repair it um, now the good thing about a fracture especially if the hand is it really can't get any worse so the fact that he's able to get surgery done they're get it casted um, you know and the doctors eventually cleared him he'd been practicing all week with the club he was told that he was good to go because really there's no more damage you can do to it. You just got to basically let it heal. Um, and, and the fact that he had so much padding and so, you know, so much of a cast, so, such a big cast on his hand, you can't really feel anything when you're in there, you know? And, and he said, you know, he had to work on it all week in practice and learn how to play with it. Um, you know, obviously it hinders you a little bit, but it, it certainly didn't affect him very much uh, on Saturday night. No, he learned pretty quick how to play with it because he was a, he was dominant. Yeah, impressive performance. I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid. We, we and we, we've said this about other guys on this Michigan team, but you know, the fact that he's only a sophomore and he's you know arguably one of their best. Him and Kenneth Grant both. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. They're they're both sophomores. Like they'll be back next year too. Yeah, exactly. So like Michigan's future, at least in the interior of the defensive line, is great. Uh, you know, and then they, obviously you got Chris Jenkins in there right now, um, but uh, it, it it's definitely a different. Uh, better looking defensive line, especially in the interior than, than Michigan had a couple of years ago. Um, just two huge fives, really, Kenneth Grant and, and Mason Graham. Yeah, no, physically and, and talent-wise, for sure. And I mean, on, on the offensive side of the ball, another sterling performance from J.J. McCarthy. And apparently he did it on a bum ankle. I mean, 14 to 20 passing for 219 yards and a score and two impressive rushing touchdowns might say otherwise, but – it seemed like, yeah, reading your story after the game, that he was uh, playing a little banged up. Yeah, he and he let it out at the very end. So we, we spoke to him, obviously, after the game Saturday night. And, you know, you, you, on the field, you couldn't really tell. You know, there was no real visible limp or anything. I'm sure it was heavily taped. But, yeah, he let it kind of let it out that he's been playing with a with, on a bum ankle. Uh, so I, I, I'm guessing it's probably a sprain. A, 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 probably not a very serious one, but – it certainly didn't really affect him on Saturday. At least it didn't look like it. You know, he had those, those couple of those, those couple quarterback keepers. Where he, we took him in for a touchdown one where he, he delivered the shoulder and then the other one where he stiff-armed uh, the defensive back. The same defensive back on both plays, I might add, oh, three, three watts <laughs> from Minnesota. Uh, so I got to imagine when Minnesota goes and watch, goes and watch, you know, rewatches film, whether it's tonight or Monday or whatever the case may be, 
uh, he's going to be hearing about it. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean JJ's talented, but I mean to to be stiff armed like that and and did a shoulder lowered on you on that by a, a quarterback who, I mean we've seen JJ without pads on. He's not. I mean he's a former hockey player and he's not afraid of contact, but he's not a very uh, bulky guy. He's uh, pretty skinny out there. But yeah, no, those were. I, I honestly didn't think he was going to get in on either of those early when that play developed, especially the second one. And all of a sudden you see that stiff arm and a little little elusiveness there and, and he's able to get in and uh yeah i mean we've we've said this every week the numbers aren't really eye-popping but he's efficient and he's not besides the bowling green game he's he's not putting the ball in harm's way and he's 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 just playing very solid back there and and uh that's exactly what this team needs out of him they don't need him to be caleb williams chucking it up 60 times to, to win a game 45 to 42 um, he just, yeah, he's, they just need him to do what he's doing. And so far, so good. Yeah. He's playing within the offense, you know, and, and look, he didn't face a ton of pressure Saturday night. Minnesota had zero sacks and maybe only a handful of hurries. So there wasn't a ton of guys break, you know, breathing down his neck. He had time to throw the football and kind of decide what he wanted to do. So, uh, you know, and the runs too, I mean, Jim, Jim Harbaugh said after the game, he believes, you know, if, and when, you know, when JJ goes to the NFL combine, he, he might run a 4-4-40. That's, that, that's how fast they believe he is. So, um, you know, he's he's got enough. You know, he's got enough playmaking ability and, and, and athleticism, athleticism uh, to get by in many of those situations. And, look, when you're, when you're playing against you know, equal or, or lesser talent, uh, you know, you things tend to go, your, go in your, you know, your favor. And that was certainly the case Saturday night. Another good game for him. Uh, and I think when he's not trying to force stuff, that's, I think, when he's best, you know, when he's not – not under pressure. Maybe the game is on the line. Uh, he's kind of you know, when he gets in the flow of the offense, and that's certainly that was the case Saturday. You know, he, he there were a couple of drops, and those numbers could have been better, right? I think Cornelius Johnson had a drop. Uh, I think Donovan the, Edwards. Donovan Edwards, yes, had a drop. Yeah, so his numbers could have even even been better. But they they've been very good ever since the Bowling Green game. He's bounced back very nicely. It's, he's about it's about what they expect out of him. Um, you know, in Jim. He had an interesting comment after the game too, and I asked him about you know Jim or JJ playing with his physicality in, in the run game, and he Jim decided to take it another way, and he he went on to, to obviously praise JJ, but he also said that he's been paying more attention to some of the other quarterbacks around the country, some of the guys that are up for the Heisman Trophy, and some of the guys you know listed near the top of the potentially in the NFL draft board. And obviously, he's going to say this, but you know, he believes JJ is the best quarterback of the group. And maybe the stats might not say it just because he's not putting up huge numbers week in and week out, but he's playing within the confines of the offense. Uh, and like you said, being efficient, productive, doing it and, and mistake free. And right. And, and when, when you mix all that together, based on everything else Michigan has going on, it's, it's a, it's a formula for winning football. I guess we'll have to wait and see what the Chicago Bears think of who the best quarterback is because it's looking like they'll probably have the number one overall pick based off either the Carolina Panthers' terrible season or their own terrible season. But, yeah, that, I digress there. Um, yeah, I mean, how about that the offensive line, though, man? I mean, does it seem like they've kind of settled on, on a, a starting five now? I mean, I think this was their best game pass blocking wise. I mean, JJ had all day on a couple dropbacks that he when he went deep. I mean, honestly, he could have brought out a lawn chair and taken a sip of a, a little pina colada a little bit too, and then got up and thrown the ball. He had so much time back there. I mean, there was not much pass rush from Mich from Minnesota at all. No, I just I haven't seen the PFF grades. I, I know you published it earlier today, but I, I got to think just at first glance, you're right. He had a ton of time, I and mean, protection was there. Uh, Michigan was able to break a few few runs in, in the run game. 
Um, everything was really going right for them. I think the line's starting to gel a little bit. We did see, again, Ladarius Henderson start left tackle. Mile, or Carson Barnhart slid over to right. Um, very little of Miles Hinton. Uh, again, it, the coaches keep re reinforcing this, but he is banged up. He is playing injured. So I think that has certainly played into a lot of these personnel decisions right now. But um, I, I think at least certainly the interior, you know, the, the Drake Nugent's at center and, and you know, the, the two two guards, um, I, I think they've really got to, uh, you know, they, they, they've got to, uh, you know, they're, they're consistent now. You know, they find a, a re repetition. Um, they're playing well. I think they're learning to play with one another. And look, you're six games in the year. I, I think at this point you should have something down. You should be improving. And we've seen it pretty much on a game-to-game -game basis really since week two or week three. So they're starting, I think, round into the offensive line. Many of us expected them to be. You know, maybe you know, maybe maybe not as quickly as we wanted it to, but you know, it, it's there. Uh, they're they're starting to bust some long runs, and, and like you said, JJ's had all kinds of time to throw. So that's ideally that's what you want. Yeah, you mentioned PFF grades. You're you're right. I mean, it was by far their best pass blocking grade of the of the season, and and it was their starters leading the way. All four other five starters all had a pass blocking grade above eighty, which is is very good. I think Keegan was the Trevor Keegan was the only one that did not, but. Yeah, definitely a, a superb performance out of them as well. Uh, any, any other th things that stood out from from Saturday's game you wanted to bring up? Well, I'll talk about JJ, but I will say the receivers. You know, they, they played well again. Uh, you know, Cornelius Johnson had a very good game. Uh, you know, that big forty nine yard catch. Uh, Roman Wilson again. You know, was involved. Uh, you know, Colston Loveland had that that touchdown catch, twenty four yards. He was quiet before that, though. Like that. W I mean, it was like, wow, is, is Colston Loveland uh, going to be get involved in the this offense at all? And then, yeah, he had that touchdown catch. And you're like, yep, there he is. It, it almost seemed like they're trying to get AJ Barter more involved earlier in the game, and I think he had the first one, the first catch of the tight ends of the, of the group. And I think I could be mistaken. Barter may have started the game too, but I I think they're trying to get him more involved. I mean, so much this year has been. Barter involved in the run blocking and, and Colson going out and you know catching balls. So I, I think they're trying to spread it up, spread the love out a little bit. And, and as the coaches said this past week, in the last couple of weeks, really Colson's been getting double teamed, so it's made things a little bit more difficult in getting the ball to him. Um, and, you know, and that's to be expected, right? When you're playing as well as he has and the, making the, some of the catches, he, the contested catches he's he's made. Um, you know, opponents are going to start paying more attention to you, and they, and they have. So that's kind of key for getting, you know, A.J. Barter and, and, you know, some of the other guys more involved, whether it's Max Bredesen or Hibner or whoever. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the passing game keeps coming along. Not a ton of mistakes. There were some drops, but not a ton. Um, one other thing, too, I guess, in the offensive side of the ball, the running backs. Quorum uh, obviously remains number one. He had some, you know, he had some good runs against Saturday. But Khalil Mullings is slowly sneaking up and pushing, you know, dare I say it, pushing Donovan Edwards for that second spot. I think mm -hmm. there's this defined role for Khalil Mullings as, as that short yardage back. We kind of talked about it last week after the after the Nebraska game, but he's really been um, reliable. You know, he, yes, there was a third down run. I, I think it was first one of the game Saturday night where he was stopped for no gain. But after that, he, he really got going again. He's, he's been reliable. He puts his head down and runs hard. Uh, he typically picks up the yardage that they need, uh, and, and he's really finding himself. You know, again, this is a former linebacker converted to running back late last year. Uh, you know, he had his problems at times, he, he's and, but he's been very good largely otherwise. Uh, so really good couple of weeks for him. I'm curious to see where things go because clearly, on the, especially in the running game, things aren't hitting with Donovan Edwards yet. They're just, just not. Um, I, I don't know if it's frustration. I, I don't know if he's overthinking things. I, it just it, – it's it's weird. But um, at some point, you know, when, when, when you're not as reliable – 
Uh, the ball is going to start, go, you know, going to be start, you know, giving to give, giving to other guys, especially as as the schedule here begins to tick up. Yeah, I mean, eight carries for 47 yards for Kalel, and it, it's great. He seems so much more fluid at running back this year. Like he just didn't. It seemed gimmicky when he was in the game at run, running back last year because he, he didn't really look that comfortable back there. But this year, I mean, his, his just the way – I mean, he's running north-south. He's finding the holes. He just he just looks more natural as a running back. And, yeah, and, and again, Donovan led the team in, in catches, I think, and targets. But it, as far as the run game, I mean, four four carries for 20 yards and none over six. Like, he still ten, is struggling to get those – uh big uh, break out those long ones and and he didn't see a, a snap until the second quarter and it's like uh is is there something we don't know about donovan is he didn't bench or is it just how the game script is going and so yeah it's i think there's a legitimate case like it's a three-man rotation now in the backfield that's just it really there's no like role defined role for him right last year if you even go back to you know if you go back to last year his numbers weren't great to start the year they obviously began to you know uh tick up as the season went on when when blake was out and he was like the the defined number one well he didn't come into the season as a defined number one i think many of us expected him to pick up where he left off and hit some of those home run hits runs but he, he just didn't get it and remember too last year when he was hitting those long those long runs it was it was oftentimes late in the game where he had you know several carries to get going and and get things you know for the offensive line to wear the opposing teams down. He's just not getting the, the same number of carries he did last year, so less time to get kind of involved in the game in the run the run game and, and get comfortable. And I think that's playing a toll. And then obviously just the fact that he hasn't been able to bust a uh, you know break a, a big one yet probably is, is weighing on him mentally. So when things aren't going great, they got to get him involved in the passing game, and they've been trying. Um, as you said, yeah, four catches, I think 26 yards. He had a drop. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, they're going to keep doing it. I, I got to think they will just because he, he's too good not to get involved. But if this continues to percolate as, as the weeks go on and they hit Penn State and, and Maryland and he's not doing much, um, you're going to you're gonna have to look elsewhere, especially if, if you're in a tight, you know, closely contested game. Definitely a, a storyline to follow there. And, yeah, even with the dominating win, Michigan stays at number two in the AP poll. Uh, Georgia, a, a big winner over Kentucky, remains at number one. But I don't know about you, man, but I, I watched a, a decent amount of other college football on Saturday, and there is just – it just seems like Michigan and Georgia and everyone else right now because, I mean, Ohio State struggled with Maryland for nearly three quarters. Florida State hasn't really been dominant. Oklahoma had a nice late drive to beat Texas, but I mean, are the Sooners for real after being like seven and five last year? I, I mean, maybe, but it's still kind of, and then USC, oh my gosh, that defense is atrocious. Uh, no special teams is a joke. I mean, yeah, Caleb Williams is, is just phenomenal, but man, like you cannot trust anything else with that team. I mean, Notre Dame is toast. They, they has lost to Louisville. Yeah. The bottom's fall, falling out there. Yeah, Miami had maybe the worst loss in college football history. It's like these teams that are, are there's just it doesn't seem like there's many elite teams this year. And based on what I've seen from Michigan in these past few weeks, I think Michigan falls in that elite category. And uh, yeah, halfway through the season. Yeah, it, it's wide open. You know, until Georgia loses, they're probably going to be number one, whether that's AP poll or the, the forthcoming college football playoff poll. Uh, but same goes for Michigan, right? They just got to basically keep winning. Uh, and, and we expect them to, right? You know, Indiana on Saturday, 
uh, Michigan State after that, then Purdue. So there's no reason why they shouldn't be 8-0 going into the bye and then and then 9-0 going to that final stretch. Uh, it's going to come down to those three games as we talked about, you know, Penn State, Maryland, and, and Ohio State, and more so than Penn State and Ohio State. But, um, yeah, Ohio State continues to, to struggle. Uh, again, we all talked about physicality with that team. And, and look, Maryland took it to them for a good three quarters. You know, it, 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 you know they ended up wearing down the fourth. But it was – I think that's the best Maryland team we've seen in a while. Uh, we'll see where they go from here. But, uh, you know, you, you want to see Michigan do it against better competition. Unfortunately, you know, at least for these next couple of weeks, they're not going to get it. Uh, Indiana's coming in as a, gosh, a 35-point underdog Saturday. So I think the odds makers, at least you ask them, they're expecting Michigan, to, again, an, another steamroll uh, in, in Big Ten play. So I, I don't know how much we're going to learn. Um, and, and the key right now, I think, for Michigan is staying healthy. And it's something Jim Harbaugh has been – emphasizing for weeks there there haven't been a ton of long-term injuries nothing like crippling which i, I think is perfect i mean it's kind of how they started the season and how they played to it right they, they kind of held out some of their starters especially the defensive side of the ball to keep them fresh as the season goes on so um they're in really good shape right now they're, they're not a ton of injuries they're unbeaten they're unbeaten uh they got a pretty easy schedule coming up it's really um set up nicely for them to to certainly uh you know win another big 10 title in the playoff for sure. And yeah, speaking of highly ranked teams, the uh, the Michigan hockey team opens the year number five overall, but they lost their, their season opener on Saturday night to four to two to number 18 Providence. Uh, I was not at, at that Saturday night game, but I went tonight on Sunday and uh, yeah, I mean, they got up five to one with five minutes left and I'm like, all right. I mean, they literally were a great defensive effort. I think Providence had 19 shots at that point. Uh, Michigan was in complete control and out of nowhere, Providence scores three goals in like three minutes to pull within one with 58 seconds left. And it's like, holy crap, we, we have ourselves a game. And they even had a, a one good quality opportunity in the last few seconds. And uh, a, a freshman made had a key shot block to kind of seal the win for, for Michigan. It's like, man, you played a near perfect game for 55 minutes, have a big lead and, and almost blow it. But they they get the series split and uh, head to to UMass next week for their first road game. But uh, yeah, I mean, four to two win, five to four or four to two loss, five to four win to open the season for Michigan Hot. Yeah, I'd assume they considering they're at home, they might drop a little bit in the in the national rankings, but still very very early there. Now, where does Providence rank? Like were they were they in the rankings at all? Like eighteenth, yeah, eighteenth, okay. yeah. So I mean, they're 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 always a, a pretty good program, and I mean, yeah, they there there wasn't many grade A scoring chances on five on five for either team, and then I mean, Providence found its way in the box a lot in the late in the second period and early in the third. Michigan capitalized with a couple power play goals, and yeah, I mean, like I said, like I, Michigan entered the year. With uh, they hired a new uh, assistant coach because they they wanted to really focus in defensively and, and be better defensively this year, and I thought that was the case for literally the first fifty six minutes, and then uh, yeah things kind of got off the rails there a little bit late, and but they were able to hold on, and we'll see what happens uh, next week. And that will do it for this episode of Wolven Confidential. Thanks for listening.